Welcome to the Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today. So tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good weekend, a good weekend. I know I did. This week, there's there's not a whole lot of news. I actually went to an anime convention. I didn't get a lot of sailing done, but I got to meet Steve Downs, which is really cool because he's the voice of Master Chief. Uh, there's a little bit of stuff that I'm going to dive into as far as uh, 2021 wrap up. I want to talk about what we got so we can all appreciate it. 2022 predictions, uh, a really nice tribute to old old faithful Isle and a little bit of complaining between uh, b- about Captain Flamer. So all that more in this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. Ooh, that's nice. Before we get into the episode, of course, I have to thank the patrons because I don't know what happened, what was in the water, but everyone came out of the woodwork and started supporting. So thank you to the now over 30 patrons that we have for the Keelhauled podcast. Uh, We have so much support coming in and it's been amazing to see a ton of new folks jumping into the Discord to join up with new crews. I've seen a lot of new sailors getting some help thanks to the Sherpa program that's going on in there. So thank you to the Sherpas who are out there taking new pirates on and uh, getting them to to learn some new stuff. But for the patrons, thank you for joining. Thank you for supporting. Uh, It means the world to me. Um, Definitely feel free to take part of the uh, Gold Hoarder episode at the end of the month. That's still coming. Um, But thank you to Alexander, um, who just signed up, but I forgot to ask for a a name. So if you have a name and you want to have that be your quote unquote name that's for the call out, let me know in the Discord, let me know on Twitter the discord wherever you want uh in in on patreon wherever you want so alexander t thank you chateau neuf cloud cosmic johnson davram tv el jefe esteban trickster jabaro 5 kazia the rogue lumpy srq i'm gonna see if i can get this right Arian darth if i did it please let me know but i, I tried i practiced dub dub goose Evil Morpheus, Xbox Mike 29, Munchie, Regis Seller, Ross Belt Kid, Norwegian, TN Professor, Real Big Tuda, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, Super Pack, Fergatron, Murphy Lives, Neon, Ruski Doo, Skinny Matt, Straw Hat Connor, Thor Von Blitz, Windsor Chris, and Zam Wow. You guys are all the best. I really love you. It makes uh such a difference that you are helping do this um if you don't know you all are now 10 percent of my monthly income um if there is ever a time where i could get the other 90 percent in the next year keelhauled would be a full-time thing I'd, I'd, I'd be able to start streaming full-time i wouldn't have to work the job that i'm working now i i did apply for a new job so I'm hoping if that goes well, then I can start working from home and start having normal work hours where I can actually start playing Sea of Thieves with other people when I'm not trying to play at like three o'clock in the morning my time. Uh, so hopefully that works out. But I I didn't I did not re- I did, never thought this was going to happen. This has been amazing. Um, you you all have been amazing, and it means the world to me that you're helping literally do 10% of what I normally have to do uh, when I'm working for someone else. I'm, this is helping me work for myself. And I didn't, I didn't think that would be an option. Um, realistically, I always thought this would be fun, but I didn't expect this much. So thank you to everyone who's doing this. And I'm sorry if this is going a little bit long. uh, But I'm just really taken aback by how much support you all are doing and in the little bits that you're doing add up to a lot for me um and i i just can't thank you enough so thank you to everyone that that just signed up uh let me know if you have any questions concerns discord patreon twitter wherever you want to reach out to me 
on Xbox, you can definitely do that. So thank you. I love you. All right. Like I said, not a lot of news going on in Sea of Thieves. So there is one thing that I need you to stop what you're doing. Pull over, grab your phone, pull up your little web browser. Now, I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I want you to go to your little podcast catcher. You can find this link, click on it. I need you to go to Lego Ideas. Create an account if you don't already have one. Head to the link in the show notes where you find Wanda's workshop, Sea of Thieves. Bask in the glory that is a Lego crafted weapon shop from Sea of Thieves and click support. All right. I think you did it. I think you did it. And I think you did a good job doing it. Now, this, if you haven't seen, is exactly what it sounds like. It is a Wanda workshop from Sea of Thieves made out of Lego. Uh, it looks like it's done by Super Spruce 101, if I'm reading this uh, this description properly. I, I really love this. I'm going to go ahead and read the actual um, description here so you guys can kind of get an idea because it does, it's it's hard to describe outside of just being like, oh, what, you know what a, what a weapon shop looks like? Well, it lo looks exactly like that, but made out of Legos. Uh, it says, my creation is heavily inspired by my favorite video game, the perfect pirate fantasy Sea of Thieves. My creation represents a building that can be found on Golden Sands Outpost. A weaponsmith runs and owned by Wanda. Well, technically, new Wanda. In Sea of Thieves, the player can purchase and swap their weaponry from Wanda. I've been playing with Lego for as long as I can remember, but this is my first major digital Lego build or project, motivated mostly, aside from my love of Sea of Thieves, by the fact that I have only recently installed and tried the Brickline developed, and Brickline is the app, Developed Lego Design Program Studio 2.0. This program has allowed me access to the full Lego brick catalogs and to visualize fully whatever ideas I have in my mind. I'm a big fan of Lego Pirates line as well, or Lego Pirates line, as well as the retired Pirates of the Caribbean products. And as such, I am a firm believer that even more pirate-themed Lego sets should be introduced. I I really love this. You know, we always love to see. Uh, when people do something interesting with Sea of Thieves in mind, uh, whether it be artwork, whether it be stories, whether it be um, cre creating stories in the game itself, uh, just, you know, doing music. You know, you've got lots of shanty makers out there as well, too. Uh, this is the first time I can really recall someone being able to take something that is tied to Sea of Thieves and translate it into Lego. Uh, using this program, it sounds like it was easy enough to dive in and start playing around with the different bricks. And because it is a Lego Ideas site, you can submit your idea. So if you're creative, if you love playing uh, uh, with Lego and you want to see more Sea of Thieves stuff like this come out, I would really recommend checking it out. See if you can figure out how you can get the, the app for this. See if you can join in on the creation side of it. Participate in the build. Actually have fun with this. Maybe we can get some galleons made. Maybe we can get some skeleton uh, sloops made you know maybe you could recreate the shrouded ghost or ghost i don't know what a ghost is maybe you can recreate the shrouded ghost and that way we can have a lego build where you can get the shrouded ghost without having to actually get it in game you know be a little bit easier uh but that was one of the main things that i saw this week not a not a really not a lot going on 
in Sea of Thieves. Um, outside of that, the other bit of news that we had was just some issues going on with server stability over the weekend. Uh, it was a real shame that this was going on. Um, it's it's you never want people to have to work on their weekend, uh, but unfortunately, because games are a live service, these things tend to happen. And when there's issues with the servers, the only people that have to do or the only people that, that work on it are the devs. Um, so it's a shame that it happened. Uh, I'm hoping that in 2022, they'll be able to work on having these kind of issues ironed out so it's more stable in the future. I have no clue how that works, but I am sorry that people had to work on the weekends when they probably were looking forward to having time off. Um, I would hate to have to deal with that uh, just in the stuff that I do and... You know, I can imagine you feel the same way too. And while we're at it, I'll just toss out there. Uh, if you're feeling frustrated, uh, imagine the people that have to put down what they're doing um, to try and fix this. And they may have no control over what caused it. It could be something that deals with Microsoft. It could be just something that deals with a bad blade in a server somewhere or matchmaking issues. But it's not the time or place to go hating on the devs. Um, you can put in your support tickets, you can follow the SOT support on social media, wait for them to let us know that, you know, things are working and it sucks. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's a, it's a real bummer when you want to go and play a specific game, you get your friends together, you're going to do it. But one of the beautiful things about Xbox, I got to say, uh, if most of you have game pass, there's a lot of uh, multiplayer games on there. Play something else for a little bit. Take a breather, stay, take a step back, ask yourself how big of a problem is this compared to all the other problems that I've had to deal with in the last year, and is this really going to ruin my weekend? And if you can do that, I think you can have some perspective on the matter. And I think, for the most part, any of you guys that are, that are listening, you're all good people. I don't I don't think anyone here is going to be going after the devs over this. It, it's a bummer, but it's also a small thing. It's a very small, small thing in the scope of things. Uh, and if you if you don't if you don't believe me on that. We just found out today, uh, or at least at the time of the recording, that we lost uh, Bob Saget, which, uh, man, was well well before his time. So there's plenty, <laughs> there's, there's plenty of worse things in the world going on right now that uh, we don't have to be yelling at devs or sending hate towards them because of video game servers. Again, it's a bummer. Take a step back. Let it out. Talk about it with your friends. Let it stay there. You don't have to take it to Twitter. You don't have to take it to Reddit. You don't have to go on to every post that Sea of Thieves has made over the last 24 hours and start yelling at them about why they're getting alabaster beard and blah, 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 blah. It's not going to it's not going to be a problem forever. It's a problem for right now, and it's pretty much over. So I hope you got it out of your system. Hope you feel better about yourself if you did do it, because it was the wrong thing to do. But that being said, that was pretty much it as far as news. Um, for the rest of the episode, I honestly really didn't have a whole lot that I wanted to jump into. I put a poll out on Twitter just to kind of get an idea of how people were feeling and what they wanted to listen to. So 41% uh, of you said you wanted 2022 predictions. 23% uh, of you wanted Old Faithful Tribute. 18% um, of you said you wanted a 2021 wrap-up, and 16% of you wanted me to complain about Flameheart. So based on the remaining remaining amount of time, uh, I'll see if I can spend more time on predicting, uh, a little time after that, wrapping up 2021, and then uh, Old Faithful Tribute, and then maybe Flameheart if we get into it. Actually, I think I'm going to do 2021 first. Also, I don't know if you guys know this. I, I, I was at a 
anime convention, which was probably the probably one of the weirdest things to get a booster shot, feel terrible all weekend and still manage to go to an anime convention. But I picked up this uh this Lego Power A Nintendo DS play and build kit, and it has a little minifig of Jack Sparrow in it and uh, a little Pirates of the Caribbean stencil and stuff. And it, I I really want to open it, but I also don't want to open it. I would love to get some feedback. Should I open this thing? I'm going to post a picture on Twitter and see if you guys, if I should rip this open. I'm a big proponent of ripping stuff open and, and playing with my toys as opposed to keeping them locked away in their plastic cell forever. Uh, but uh, I would love to get some thoughts on this because it's it's one of those, if I tear it open, it's destroyed forever. I'm throwing away the paperwork. Uh, but man, it's a little Pirates of the Caribbean Stranger Tides thing. It's adorable. And it made me think of Lego. And as soon as I saw it, after seeing the uh, Wanda Workshop stuff, I was like, oh, well, I got to have that. And it's the price of a Burger King meal, so why not? All right, so I wrote down some quick notes just to kind of keep me a little focused on this. But uh, the, the main things that we got for 2021, uh, it was a pretty good year, not going to lie. We got a lot of really cool stuff going on. And um, I, I would say that it started off slow and then it really ramped up towards the middle of the year. And then uh, we kind of took it easy afterwards, kind of a victory lap. So wanted to break down the first five seasons of this year because that was the, predominantly the, the most major part of it. And a lot of stuff that happened during the seasons is what we got as far as the, the content. But starting off with season one, uh, that was actually a pretty light pretty light content update um we got a couple events that were not too interesting they did some interesting things that uh, i was kind of surprised were kind of one-offs but uh the main thing that came in was season one lost merchant shipments um this kind of rounded out the changes that we had to gold hoarder with the vaults and uh order of souls with the ghost voyages um from the year prior and 2021 gave us the final variation in the merchant lineup uh, for Merchant Alliance to be able to give us lost shipments. I think the lost shipments update was actually a really, really nice update. It was uh, giving people the opportunity to get a rank five emissary with Merchant Alliance to be able to jump right in and start working on those, start working on uh, grabbing animals or grabbing commodity crates, uh, things like that, and really kind of knock out Merchant Alliance without too much pain. You know, finding that, uh, I, I think it started off rough where sometimes you wouldn't find the actual ship. Um, I've had pretty good luck actually finding the ships uh, ever since, well, probably the last couple updates, I would say. Uh, it's definitely been a lot easier finding these shipments. So I've been able to get the full captain's cabin, uh, been able to get the key, get the manifest, all that stuff. I really like the idea of of that lore that are built into about how uh, we got we got shipments disappearing out of nowhere. We didn't know what was causing them. We figured they were just being lost uh, to things that were going on in the world anyway. And it turns out that it was all sirens. It turns it turns out that it was all sirens, and that we found out about that later on uh, in a future season that we'll we'll be covering as well. But Season one, big takeaway I got out of it, lost merchant shipments. Really like them. Uh, season two, far, uh, Fof. I wanted to say Fart of the Fortune, but that didn't make sense. So Fof or uh, Fort of Fortune is kind of the the hearkening back to what the old forts used to be. Um, really impressed with the the Fort of the Fortune. Uh, we, we found out that they took what was unique about a fort and just cranked it up to 11. They put skeleton lords in there. They put a national lord in there. The national lord can summon, uh, meteors and boil the water 
around the fort so your ship is now in danger if you park it too close uh on top of having to deal with three ashen lords that are staggered and i gotta say um now it's a lot easier now it's a lot easier thanks to uh some stuff that i'll cover in the future season uh, but when those first came out, those are actually pretty tough and they were very highly contested. In fact, I think they are still pretty highly contested for the most part. Um, getting into a Fort of Fortune is a lot of treasure and it's a lot of Athena rep too, which makes a huge difference given just how hard the Athena emissary is to level each month. Uh, a lot of people still having to grind out those uh, Athena voyages for Thieves Haven and then work on the emissary voyage. Um, so really just gotta say Fort of Fortune really, really did a good job at bringing in something that was just like something that we had before, but really kind of upping the ante. And the unfortunate thing about it is on par with, uh, the dark adventure set that we got last year. Well, not last year. I think it was the year prior, actually. Um, actually I can't remember when we got it, but it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Dark Adventure set was a, a band-aid for the economy balance in Sea of Thieves. Um, took care of a lot of people's gold uh, piles that they had sitting around to buy these really expensive things. Uh, Fort of Fortune, because of the threats that we have in the game, uh, we already have tools that make that easier. And unfortunately, the difficulty has kind of plateaued. Like we had a ramp up and then it plateaued. Um, a lot of people will still go after them, but they aren't nearly as highly contested for nearly as long as when they first kind of came out. So I love that Fort of Fortunes are a thing. Um, I kind of wish that uh, Disney Sticks didn't, or Bubble Wands or the Tridents of Dark Tides didn't impact the fight as much as they do. Um, even with the nerf that they got recently, uh, I still think that that it probably would be a lot harder and uh, a lot more um, Dark Souls like <laughs> if I could use that stupid, uh, stupid comparison on uh, being able to complete one and actually get all of it. But that wasn't the only thing that we got with uh, season two. We actually got trade routes and commodities uh, in a fresh, uh, fresh round of emissary rewards. The trade routes were really good. They were very profitable when they first came out. And then unfortunately, Rare realized how good they were and then nerfed them to the point where they are no longer even being done by most people. In fact, most people will probably do them to get the commendations knocked out so they can get the uh, cosmetics tied to those commendations and then never touch them again. Um, I can't think of anyone that thinks of those as a good way to earn gold anymore, unfortunately. So uh, personally, I, I, I love the idea when they brought them out. I really think they need to go in and kind of bump up the value just a little bit better and lower the cooldown just a little bit more so that you can do a full lap around the islands in the world with each of the commodities. And if you, you know, if you don't take, if you take your time, you get a little distracted once in a while, you can do a full lap and then hit the original outpost that you started at and then start right over again. I think that should be made available. I think people have fun sailing and i think that opens an opportunity for them to get into fights run into other ships deal with megalodons 
uh, deal with krakens, things like that. See, find more emergent stuff out in the world. If they're running around the entire sea, they're sailing around. That's a that's a target on their back with an emissary value if they're working on merchant alliance stuff. But as it is, that's not happening. Trade routes are not worth doing. And I think that that was a mistake, honestly. I think the balancing team needs to go in and take another look at that and see why people aren't playing them uh, or doing those. When that drop-off happened and if it was tied directly to the changes they made after they launched. But let's be honest, uh, season two was great. It offered Fort of Fortune, it offered trade routes, which were eventually nerfed and nobody did them. It offered commodities and fresh emissaries. But the big thing that came in season two of last year, if you believe it or not, was the supply crates, the backpacks. We got something that allowed us to grab any kind of supplies that we want and stick them into an object that for all intents and purposes, should not work and i would question anyone to say that 2021 wasn't the best year of sea of thieves just based on having a supply crate if you want to believe if you want to tell me that 2021 wasn't the best year of sea of thieves when we got supply crates then i want you to swear off supply crates for the rest of your game time just say like i will never use a supply crate and if you don't use a supply crate i want to know i want to know why you think that is a smart idea because they have literally changed the game they have changed how you play in Sea of Thieves. Uh, it's impacted the meta as far as how people store their supplies. It's impacted everything uh, about this game. And uh, I think they were probably the best thing they could probably add to them. Um, it was something I wanted for a long time, not necessarily in the way that I thought it, but I always thought that buying supplies would be a real good quality of life update. Something that I've been saying for a long time, people thought I was crazy. They're like, how can you possibly think that things are going to be balanced if they can just buy supplies? And I was like, well, you pay for the supplies. That's a gold sink. That's a, a renewable gold sink. And people still do it all the time. I still see ships that sail up to us. They got full banana crates and uh cannonball crates and wood plank crates and they lose it all just like they uh just like i did back when we used to go and stock up on 300 cannonballs and 100 planks and 100 bananas when we went to go out and do curse sales so commodity crates supply crates resource crates those have all bring those those have been the best quality of life updates that i've seen to the game in a very very long time and i would question anyone to tell me otherwise i think the barrel 2.0 system was the best before that uh yeah and, and then probably rowboats before that um so yeah that was season two <laughs> let's take a quick break Ahoy there, Pirates. This is the ad for this episode, and I did want to let you know if you wanted to avoid these and just get a regular filler, you can head over to the Patreon. There's a special feed just for patrons that get the ad-free version. If you want to keep listening, though, I can't say I blame you because this week I want to let you know about Loot Crate and getting 15% off of most crates and crate subscriptions when you use the link and code ROBOTSRADIO in the show notes. Also, you can head over to audiobooks.com, get your first three audiobooks for free, and that can include any to VIP books or use the affiliate link for Green Man Gaming. If you're a PC gamer, you'd like to save money on games. It's one of the benefit of being a PC gamer. Head over to Green Man Gaming. You can get codes for Steam, Epic, any of the different stores that they have deals going on. They have deals going on all the time. And if you plan on buying there, please consider using our affiliate link. All of that goes straight to me through the network. Thank you all so much for everything that you do to support this podcast. It means 
means the world to me and I continue to try and improve the quality and the content for you. With that, Pirates, let's get back to the show. Going into season three, it's it's something I can't spend a whole lot of time because it's obvious why season three was the best season of the year. It was a pirate's life. We got five new tall tales. We had the surprise and delight of Pirates of the Caribbean coming to Sea of Thieves. The thing that so many of us wanted, which was the acknowledgement of every gamer out there who looked at Sea of Thieves and thought, oh, it was that seven that launched with no content back in 2018. We finally got the validation. We got that vindication, that sense of, of pride when we found out that everyone and their mother and their grandmother and their grandmother's parakeet were all squawking about how Pirates of the Caribbean was getting new content through Sea of Thieves and everyone wanted to play Sea of Thieves because they wanted to see Jack Sparrow because everyone loves Johnny Depp and he was really, really done dirty. Uh, not going to get into that, but um, we got a pirate's life and it was amazing. It brought the music from the games uh, or, or from the rides at Disneyland. It brought the music from the, the, the movies. It brought us the ride. You got to go to a, a Tortuga style place. We got just about everything you could possibly want. Um, there's only ever been like a few things that I think people have had issues with, with a pirate's life. And overall, I would say that a majority of people People think that A Pirate's Life was a huge success for Sea of Thieves. It really, it really took Sea of Thieves and said, you know what? Now, now this is we're talking about. This is this is what got people into the game. This is the update that got people uh to to recognize, to talk about Sea of Thieves in a positive light. I, I've heard more people talk positively about what Sea of Thieves has become since launch because of the because of Pirate's Life, because it was something that they were able to do. Um, and for that, I will I will ever be grateful to Disney for for Microsoft, for Rare, for the team at Rare, for having having the faith that they could pull this off. Uh, and I've been very proud of that. And with that, we finally got something that we had always been asking for: new enemies. We we finally got new enemies. Now, balancing aside. You can't deny that it's been really great having something with a little more spice out in the world. Uh, the, the rate at which these things spawn, always going to be up for debate. Um, I know I just finished my Grog Monet, uh event this this last weekend um thanks to the keel hall community for helping me out i think I, I think i jumped in on a sloop uh with people's republic when chenzo had just uh with chenzo the um the great impersonator of ray romano uh had logged off and we went over to old faithful sailed around for a little bit tried to find some ocean crawlers that i could that i could kill while drunk uh to be able to finish that event up which that event is actually ending on the 11th by the way it's the the 10th as a uh, as of today um, so you really make sure that you're getting that stuff done. If you want to get that tankered, if you want to make sure that you get the, uh, get in for the, the, the FOMO for the, the, the Grog Monet stuff. But, um, to kind of get back to that, having different enemies has truly, uh, brought some, some life to the game where it's not just skeletons. You don't know exactly what you're going to expect. It could be phantoms at which point they would drop ammo pouches or gold coins 
uh, ocean crawlers, when they die, they could have a potential to drop siren gems. And it's been really, really fun to have this this varied approach to dealing with enemies on islands. Um, I think with this, the thing that I would love to see is something that we only saw in the final tall tale for A Pirate's Life when ocean crawlers were able to spawn on your ship. I think that was a great idea. I would love to see that added uh, in different places in Sea of Thieves where it's not just limited to the tall tales. I don't know how they would do that. Maybe it could be an event, but I would love to see if that was something that was more of a possibility. Like, say you're sailing into a storm. Uh, when you're in the storm, not only are you having to fight the wheel and fight the the currents and the, the damage that can, you can take while you're actually you know dealing with the, the hard waves that are hitting across the boat, but because of the high waves, ocean crawlers would have an ability to jump aboard your ship. Now, I, I know that already sounds like, why are you trying to make things harder than they already are? That's kind of Sea of Thieves, man. You know, be afraid of those storms. Be afraid of what they can do. I think it would be great if uh, if storms were something to cause more of a, more of an issue for people who are in them. Um, and, and when I say that, I, what I'm thinking about is the fact that when you sail into a storm, it's more of an annoyance. But you can use those to your advantage to try and get people off your back if you're if you're running away from someone. Uh, and subsequently, if someone's running into them. You can try and circumnavigate the the storm, but they can cut around it. Like, like it plays in a, a part as far as dealing with other ships. And to have the ability to have ocean crawlers jump aboard your ship will always pose an additional threat, like getting krakened out of nowhere. It's it's a threat that you can't. And I know everyone right now is like, no, Logan, we're we're tired. We're so sick of being rared already. Please don't say this out loud. Uh, the devs might actually do it. And I'm telling you, the devs need to do this. You're going to hate me when, when you hear about this, but you're going to love me when it helps sink a ship with a bunch of stuff on it. So that that's kind of what I really love about the Pirate's Life Tall Tales. It, it really invigorated Sea of Thieves. It, it really kind of shone uh brightly during a time when no one was paying attention to it and it really needed some life uh, kind of breathed into it and and pirates of the caribbean did that for sea of thieves and the team that worked on it killed it because they they were able to seamlessly integrate stuff and further the sea of thieves lore too we've gotten so much lore so much lore it's been so good such good lore that has come thanks to a pirate's life good chance we probably would have gotten that lore anyway but they did it in such a really nice way that it's really kind of uh really kind of brought some really fun discussions to a lot of us lore enthusiasts out there um who've, who've really kind of been just just chewing away at this and i'm going to bring a little bit of this in 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 the discussion coming up uh when we talk about 2022 predictions because uh i have some thoughts i went and watched a couple of videos that falcor had put out and uh he he has an interesting take that I want to touch on that um, I don't know that I necessarily agree with it, uh, but I love the I love the fresh idea about it. So I want to touch on that. Uh, but moving into season four, this is when um, Sea of Thieves really kind of broke. Uh, I really liked Sunken Kingdoms. I think Sunken Kingdoms was a really unique change to the world. Uh, instead of always being on an island, uh, we finally went into the depths. Um, we finally went into shrines and treasuries and shrines are really cool. Um, 
to kind of get stuff. I don't think they're the best way to get treasure. Obviously, I think gold vaults still hold that that crown. Uh, but to be able to go through a shrine and do a tall tale with puzzles that didn't require me to put down a tall tale voyage really does kind of I just I, I don't know I just really love that emergent style of design I don't know what it is about those it's like coming across a kraken you know you don't expect it you know what to expect when it happens but you didn't plan for that and I and I love that I love that immersive design with Sea of Thieves, I think anything that you can do to build the immersion of uh, or, or the spontaneity that comes with events or things that happen in the world, like a, a Megalodon spawning is never something you, you plan for. But every time it spawns, you're just a little excited because you think maybe this time, maybe this time will be the time when it actually is the Shrouded Ghost. And you, you live for those moments, you know, and even at the worst times, you're just like, oh, God, I can't right now. I really hope it's not the ghost because if it is, this is really going to suck because I'm going to lose everything trying to kill this Megalodon compared to the other ship that is like bearing down on me or going to get away because, you know, <laughs> If the shrouded ghost spawns, it doesn't matter who you're chasing. You're going to stop and kill that fish. Don't tell me you won't. You will. I know you will. Any of us would. That's how rare it is. So season four came in. Um, there's some big technical issues that I think the team really had to hadn't anticipated uh, that really hurt the stability of the game. And I was I was happy to hear that that was something that they're aware of. and They were constantly working on. I think they've had trouble with stability this whole year. I don't think this is anything new. I don't think anyone's really surprised by me saying this. Um, so I'm hoping that with uh, 2022, here's a little teaser for the for the the predictions. I have a feeling that they're going to take a moment to really try and focus on shoring stuff up. I think they know how the state of the game is right now. I think that they are constantly trying to juggle uh, so many balls in the air that they're trying to make sure that new content is coming in, that new events are staying relevant, that cosmetics are still uh in interesting and in driving um driving that that purchasing that that microtransaction nature that that keeps the game going um while also trying to make sure that new stuff that they bring in isn't just breaking the hell out of the game because i think that's the the big issues that they're running into is, is they're always trying to find that balance and every time you tug on one thing it, it pulls it's like it's like it's like trying to keep the sheets on you when you're in sleep and you know your significance other over there tossing and turning and constantly dragging the sheets and you're like why you know why am i not wearing more clothes to obviously sleep so i'm not freezing in this house that i could probably just turn up the heat heater but i can't because obviously i can't go above the certain temperature or else they'll get overheated and then next thing you know i'm sitting there freezing and they've got all the blankets this is definitely not something i've ever run into but um coming off of that amazing idea that just spawned in my head with uh no prior background um, I hope you can understand why it's hard to develop games. And yeah, I'll, 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 I'll leave that all in. She doesn't listen. Uh, season five. Let's get into that. Season five. Oh, you know what? Season four. The one thing that I did miss about season four, um, we got the first community driven event, like truly community driven, not like Reapers versus the Worlds, but like everyone has to kill skeletons to get these cosmetics or we ain't getting them cosmetics, or I figure we probably will get these cosmetics, but on on paper, there's a potential 
time where we won't get these cosmetics so um the wicked web set came out in pieces uh we got the figurehead and the collector's figurehead thanks to the community so thank you for you out there who were slaughtering skeletons during october and november really appreciate you driving to get those uh community driven events i think that was a great thing i think that needs to to continue i think we need to kind of unify the community even more to make sure that everyone's working towards those community driven cosmetics i think it's a great way to bring in really cool cosmetics and give a sense of reward for players who are doing it and make sure that the bar is low enough that anyone can do something to get those cosmetics and then if they don't have time like the 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 bar to, or the barrier to entry for those cosmetics was 10 skeletons you had to kill 10 skeletons i trip over three skeletons just trying to get to my boat i'm pretty sure i could find the other seven any given day uh if i just look hard enough in any direction um i'm gonna run into to 10 skeletons so it's not a hard thing to do keep that mentality but keep the the community driven goals based on analytics bring it you know buffer the time or, or bring the number down do whatever you do to make sure that it's a certainty if everyone is consistently playing over the course of a month and i think the course of a month is a is a solid enough time for that anyway getting into season five uh season five was a victory lap i'll say it was a, sh a shrouded spoils um if you're not familiar with shrouded spoils i've talked about it in the past i'll cover it real quick it was coming off the heels of uh what do we have hungering one then bill's rat adventures curse sales and forsaken shores and uh they had pushed arena and the the first set of tall tales out for the anniversary to give them more time to, for testing and things like that and we got shrouded spoils which was the uh, it was a nice quality of life update uh it was probably the most stable the game had ever been since launch and it introduced enough quality of life features and emergent things in the world um a nice nice set of diversity in the world that it it really kind of brought the world to life for the first time since really ever uh we we really didn't have anything that was kind of interesting on the horizons and uh and and, and shrouded spoils did that uh subsequently season five did something very similar to that we got fireworks we got quest boards we got burying treasure uh we're now able to sit on practically everything and we got what i think is the best quality of life update since season two which of course brought in the supply crates and that's quick load and quick unload for crates um they took something that was amazing and they made it better i don't know how they did that it's like flex tape they slapped a hole on the thing that was missing from the supply crates and completely fixed them completely i i love that you can run up to any barrel ever with any supply crate hit one button stand there like a fool look to your buddy to your left and be like, you know just kind of smile with that goofy grin and just be like <laughs> you know what i'm doing getting all these supplies you know and then when you're done you're done you just you walk away you got all them supplies you didn't have to go into the barrel at all and that harkens back to a time when we used to be able to just have or each barrel was one item it was either bananas planks or cannonballs that was it and everyone complained when barrel 2.0 system came out that they were killing pvp it was going to take way too long to be able to get into your barrels you were never going to be able to get your supplies or your food on time 
you were going to sink because you couldn't get uh, uh, planks out fast enough. And then everyone got used to it and it wasn't an issue. And supply crates were the same thing. You got in there, you spam the button, it grabbed everything you possibly could and it stuck it in the supply crate and you moved on. This did something to help improve the quality of life. You could grab all the supplies with one button. You had to sit there and wait for everything to transfer. There was a balance. There was thought process put into it. And it was, it was, it was one thing. It was just one thing. Now, I'm not going to talk too much about the fireworks aspect because it's it's just a, another thing that that gives us a way to express ourselves in Sea of Thieves. Um, flares were really a nice change. I think it added a lot to uh, help out with shadow skeletons on forts uh, or, or in tough places. I think it was a really smart tool to, to add to the game. Um, and sitting, not too big a deal. Burying treasure was really cool. I do like what they did with burying treasure. I think it's unique. And... I like version one of the quest boards. I think they're interesting. They're not necessarily tied to uh, any kind of emissary or, or uh, merchant faction or any kind of faction. You can just run up, grab a whole bunch. It'll make a map bundle and you can go work on those. You don't have to worry about the quest voyage uh in in your in your inventory and how many you have and if you have to make room and what are you going to get rid of to make sure you can pick up a new voyage like you can just go out and get some junk for for practically nothing and i really like that i would really like quest quest boards 2.0 though um i'm looking forward to being able to do something with those quest boards that takes what we have now and refines it uh because right now it feels like it's got some rough edges and that's nice, but I, I would love to see making sure that the quest board is consistently populated with treasure that is from other players, regardless of whether or not they're on your server. Um, having cross-server voyages available uh, to make sure that people are consistently able to bury treasure and have that stuff available to other people. Not just the, um, not just kind of the safety net. If 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 the server goes down, you still get partial. Or if no one does it and you log off and no one ever gets to it, then you still get partial. Those are good safety nets. Uh, but I would love to see a way for them to be able to connect the voyages across the board. The same way that all the servers have the same weather and time of day, uh, that kind of thing stays the same regardless of what server you're on. I would love the voyages that people make to be in the same same way. Um, if the, if you want to put that down as like a prediction for 2022, I would love to see quest boards 2.0. So that's the majority of, uh, that I, I've got to say it, really, honestly, 2021 best year of Sea of Thieves ever. Um, ever since the game launched game's been doing great. They've been adding a lot of awesome stuff. Every year has brought really big, uh, unique things to the world and really tried to iterate on this. The fact that we're not in the golden age yet still blows my little mind, but I'm excited to see what comes with 2022. So let's talk about 2022. I'm still looking at this uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Jack minifig and trying to decide whether or not I want to open this. I don't know why it's, it's consistently a thing that I want to do. Um, so talking about 2022, uh, let's dive into a couple things here. There's There was a lot of really good stuff that we got with... Uh, with with 2021 and i have some crazy ideas that i'm gonna put in here it's all i don't really have a good timeline for this i just have like feelings you know that gut instinct that you have when you when you have a feeling like this this weekend i i, I sat down to go ask steve downs the guy who does the voice for master chief a question there's a half hour left on the panel 
my wife texted me in the background. She's like, you're not going to be able to make it. And I was like, I'm going to make it. And she's like, you're not going to make it. I've been timing the people that are in front that have been ahead of you. And there's no way you're going to be able to have enough time to be able to ask your question. I'm like, I'm going to finish this fight. And I got to ask my question. It was pretty fun. But just with uh, that same way here, I feel like I've got a moment where every once in a while I get these feelings about where I think the game is going to go. And sometimes they sometimes they work out, you know, like Duke. Uh, I was able to, to call Duke being the Dark Lord for a very long time, and then it finally happened. And to find out that that had been planned all along uh, was great. Um, so much like that, I'm gonna try and throw some of these out there and see how close I get in a year. Maybe we'll see uh, some of the stuff come to fruition. Um, so 2022, uh, story-wise, I want to kind of throw out some things that I think might happen. Um, Pendragon is going to show up. And I think he's going to show up with Stitcher Jim. And I think he's going to force Stitcher Jim to teach him, or at least to reveal him, to him, a way to trap souls. Right now, Pendragon knows how to release souls. I don't think he knows how to trap souls. But I know Stitcher Jim knows how to uh, trap souls. And Stitcher Jim's been MIA for a very long time. I think that he's going to make his debut, debut return in season or uh, uh 2022 um i don't know when but i have a feeling that pendragon is going to be the catalyst that forces us to find a way to get rid of flameheart senior um whether or not that happens i don't know if that'll happen this year but i have a feeling that stitcher jim is going to come back and i would not be surprised if he is uh being held at sword point by pendragon uh and i and i think that um eli slate who if you recall from the fifth tall tale uh will play a part in that as well too i think that Flameheart Jr. will finally reveal himself. I think the teases that we got in December were a great way to kind of nudge everyone forward with that mentality, thinking that that's going to happen. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. I really don't want it to be the Reaper buddy, whoever the Reaper person is outside in or at Reaper's hideout i don't i don't want it to be him i think that's a little too easy honestly to just be like oh it's flameheart jr it's in the reaper's hideout it's gotta be that guy right and then the scooby-doo guys run over and they pull the mask off of the 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 merch or the the emissary guy for reapers and it turns out to be flameheart jr and everyone's just like oh, it's flameheart jr and i'm like yeah okay cool it's predictable i guess if that's how you want to go about it i hope it's someone new i hope it's someone who's bigger than that person who has more prowess like i, I and, and i know that goes against what we know from a tale of sea of thieves you know we we know that flameheart jr uh was always called faintheart jr he wasn't like a big guy but i would just you know like as a skeleton captain like i would love it if flameheart jr was just this impressive figure uh when you see them and not just this the uh, i don't want to get into it but anyway i i think flameheart jr is going to reveal himself um and try to take over uh i think we finally find out um bell legend of the deep is actually a character not just left over from uh, uh, the the alpha testing and the, the small teases that they put. Um, I think that uh, she is going to come from the Sea of the Damned to help. Um, 
I, I'm not sure what she's going to help with, but I feel like it's going to be tied to the Veil of Ancients, uh, which is that mass that showed up next to the Reaper's chest uh, during the stream. Um, I think she's going to come, and I think she's going to uh, come through as a result of us finding the Veil of Ancients. Uh, I think that the Veil of Ancients is going to be kind of a race, kind of like a world race or the world's greatest race kind of thing where everyone's chasing after uh whatever it is they need to get this veil of ancients thing to work and i kind of i kind of feel like this is going to be like a shroud breaker 2.0 um, I feel like they're going to take kind of the things that they did with the Shroudbreaker where you had to find the stones and stuff um, to, to kind of get your way to the Shores of Gold. I think we're going to have to do something like that again, but I have a feeling that because... Uh, if the character that was at the fireplace is actually Bell, Legend of the Deep, it's going to connect to the Sea of the Damned. And based on the discussion that I had with Mike Chapman on the 20th episode, I think that he was hinting at us going back to the Sea of the Damned. Um, and that takes me to what I think is going to be one of the the big, big things that I, at least personally, that I have been striving to find out for a long time. And that is uncovering the truth about Ramsey's death. Um, I was scrubbing through the art book tonight and uh, I came across the the character design of Ramsey's again. And uh, man, every time I look at that, I just keep thinking to myself, there's a gunshot and there's three daggers. Um, the gunshot is below the heart in the lungs, which would be a slow, painful death. Um, from everything that I've seen on TV, which is absolutely 100% true, always happens exactly the way it happens in real life. And I think that what happened was Flameheart was shot and he made a deal, not with the devil, but he made a deal with Bell, the ferryman, and one other person. And I don't know who that other person is, uh, but the deal that he made was he would live on to help usher in a new era of piracy in the Sea of Thieves. And the three daggers are in part the sealing of that pact. Uh, he gave up his life, in a sense, because he knew he was going to die, to try and secure the Sea of Thieves for pirates, to make a pirate's life for us. And I think we're going to figure out the actual truth about that. Uh, speculation aside, I, I have no idea if this is true this is literally just me kind of grasping at straws to try and figure out what's going to happen but i i feel like this year we're going to find out about ramsey's death finally and i'm hoping that's true because i would i would love to understand more about that i'd love to have kind of the veil lifted off of that uh as a result of of the storytelling not to put too too hard upon on veil of the ancients and you know devil shroud and all that jazz um i think we are going to <laughs> i think we're going to find out that Wanda and the Dark Brethren are going to become more of an imminent threat that the captain is going to be teased at more. I don't think we're getting the captain this year, but I think he's going to be teased at more. I think Flameheart's impending fate will become more clear, and I think there's a 60-40 a, a chance that Flameheart's going to be dealt with this year. 60-40 in, in the sense that 40% it'll be dealt with, 60 it probably won't, but it'll probably get closer and closer to that. Um, I know you get, I can already feel you shaking your head saying no he has to be gone please get rid of him i know i know 16 percent of you 
said you want me to complain about Flameheart. I understand. I'm just saying, I don't know that I necessarily think they've got a way to give him the grand exit that he deserves because of the character that he is. And I think that we'll get closer to that. I don't think we'll hit that this year just based off of how long it takes to design some of that stuff. I'd be very impressed if they do. But I wonder what suffers as a result of that. Um, but because of Wanda becoming more of an imminent threat with the Dark Brethren, uh, the teases that came out from December will play into this when we find out that Flameheart Jr., after revealing himself, is looking to use his power to control Wanda's sister over on Golden Sands blog or Golden Sands Outpost, um, where her sister, who's coincidentally also named Wanda, but with a different spelling, uh, is working as the weaponsmith for Golden Sands Outpost. Now, um, Falcor had a really interesting video out that talked about uh, the Sands of Gold being enshrouded. And the video kind of touched on how he feels that the Devil's Shroud will move in over Golden Sands Outpost and uh, all of the souls there will be trapped uh, as seabound souls. Um, I like that idea, but I have qualms about the balance in the game as a result of that, because right now there are two outposts per main sea uh devil shroud not or devil's roar not included because of the introduction of that being later and the the idea that it's basically hard mode um i don't i don't think that we're going that route i don't think that they're going to limit the shores of plenty to just one sea uh one outpost unless and this is a this is a big unless uh trapping everyone as a seabound soul converts the entire uh outpost and the surrounding islands to islands that look like they are from the sea of the damned and the reason i say that is because i think what's going to happen is we're we're on this race for the veil of ancients um and i think that it, it's it, I honestly, I kind of want us to go back to Tribute Peak because it is the Shores of Gold, Golden Sands, Sands of Gold. It, it, it also ties to it, the Veil being, or the Veil of Ancients being down in the Belly of Gold, a direct reference to the, the dungeon-esque area beneath the Ancients, Tribute Peak, which also ties into the, the magical aspect of Veil of the Ancients. I've already explained most of this for, for a lot of folks in the prior episodes. Uh, where we talked about Flameheart Jr. and all the stuff he said. But the idea of Golden Sands Outpost being enshrouded by the Devil Shroud, killing everyone, turning everything uh, there into, uh, you know, something that wouldn't survive in the Devil Shroud, unless uh, the result of that is everyone is trapped in the Sea of the Damned that has been ripped into the Sea of Thieves. So when you go to visit that outpost, it is no longer Golden Sands Outpost, but it is now a Sea of the Damned version of Golden Sands Outpost, if that makes sense. Like all the merchants are all ghosts. All of the island looks like stuff from Pirate's Life when you go into the Sea of the Damned. They try to pull that stuff from Pirate's Life in there. The problem that I have with that is that can't be the end state for that island. It doesn't make sense. It would be really bummer for the folks that have... Uh, specific easter eggs on that island um to be able to have that work out like how does that all work out are they taking that into account how much does that impact design uh or the design team when they're trying to build that stuff together you kind of get the idea there's a lot of things attached to what people expect at golden sense outpost so 
to completely enshroud an outpost in one of the more popular seas, I think would be a tall order. Um, so either do it right or don't do it at all and stick to the area that you've already got that is completely underutilized that a lot of people should spend more time at because it's such a cool place, which is Tribute Peak. So that's kind of how I feel about the that um, to kind of speak to Falcor's idea about what's what his interpretation of the Flameheart Jr. stuff is. I haven't gotten a chance to really talk about this, but I've really been wanting to talk about this. And at some point I need to get him on the podcast again so him and I can kind of hash some of these ideas out because it's always like an asymmetrical conversation that we're having. Um, and I would love to get a chance to kind of suss out some of this stuff uh, with him in there. Um, to get to the predictions, though, uh, I think we're going back to the Shores of Gold. Uh, I think we're getting three tall tales this year. And I think those three tall tales are going to tie in directly to um, Bell, uh, uh, Pendragon, and Flameheart Jr., I think those are the the three three yeah three tall tales that we're going to get. Uh, I think it's going to deal with us uh, finding out about Bell. I think it's going to find uh, us uh, finding Pendragon with Stitcher Jim and learning how to complete or how to um, what did I say trap a soul. And then I think the last one is going to deal with Flameheart Junior, uh, kind of revealing himself and the the op the area in Reaper's Hideout opening up for the first time. Um, whether or not we're able to go in there this year, I don't know, but I, I imagine hopefully within this year, we'll be able to go down in there and see what's going on. Um, kind of jumping ahead, the the next thing that I think we're gonna get this year is a UI overhaul. It's been talked about a lot. It's a big pain point. I think it's the next big quality of life update that we'll get. They're going to redo a lot of the menu system in Sea of Thieves. They're going to really kind of break stuff down and, and pull stuff out, pop out things that are more prevalent to everyday sailing and hide other stuff that isn't necessarily stuff that you need right away so that you can still get to it but you don't necessarily have to do that um, i've seen them play around with stuff like this with little banners on the on the title page when something's going on that they want to notify people about i think they understand that the over uh, that the the ui is in desperate need of attention and i think they're going to take this year to work on that as another shrouded spoils style update for a season that isn't going to necessarily be at the end of the year it may be sooner but that kind of depends on how story stuff is going as well too um i think we're finally going to get working doors on the galleon that's a that's a personal prediction right there i think we're going to get those and i think hunters call and athena's fortune are going to get the updates that they that they need uh, i think we're going to get more interesting dives into what the hunter's call is uh fighting other creatures like ocean crawlers and stuff and i think we're going to get um a, a well-needed uh refresh on athena's fortune that is going to increase the difficulty of athena's fortune uh voyages but also tie in the loot that is important to athena's fortune reputation and strip out some of that stuff that is still relegated to uh, gold hoarder merchant alliance and order souls i think that uh, doing a pirate legend voyage should entitle you to the loot that is um designed for that emissary ledger and not force people into the band-aid fix which is the thieves haven runs fort of fortune emissary voyages things like that uh they really need to take a look at the athena's fortune stuff and i think they're going to do that this year along with hunter's call so those are kind of my big predictions for 2022 um i'm curious to know what everyone else thinks about that i'm going to see if i can get some folks for the gold hoarder episode to give me their feelings on this let me know what they think would be a, a good thing to come to the 
to the game and see what they want um, and kind of uh, work from there. All right, and uh, I did some complaining about Fa uh, um, not Falcor, not uh, Flameheart. Um, did some com complaining about Flameheart, so I think I got that knocked out of the way. Uh, so now is the the next. I think twenty minutes are going to be a tribute to uh to to Old Faithful Island. Um, God, let me just start off. Old Faithful Island has gotten some nice improvements. They got a. Uh, a really nice elevator that is in the form of uh, a police system with cages so that you can kind of kind of like the uh, the fort at uh, in Pirate's Life Tall Tale 2 no 3 um, you can kind of get up to the higher points of Old Faithful Island uh, using that pulley system now there's also some really nice place ladders in a couple places the west side still needs work they really need to figure out a way to get people up to the higher areas on the west side of the island but uh, as far as the south and east Really nice. Um, good changes there. Uh, let's talk about the the boar shrine. I think the boar shrine is going to be really important in the coming months. Um, I think that they are going to uh, really do some some interesting things in the future here. And I think that with that, um, we're going to find out that there's some really cool stuff going on with the ancients. And that because of that, they are going to really tie in some stuff that you you wouldn't normally expect uh given with the the nature of krakens and the mother and i think that we're going to find little babies uh krakens that are, are going to be living inside uh old faithful isle and i think that it'll really kind of uh, add some interesting And that's when I think we're going to be able to find out what's actually going on with Old Faithful Island. I think that we're going to find a really good time being able to ride dragons. And I think it's going to be really important uh, to name your dragon and to make sure that you treat it right. And just ensure that, you know, Old Faithful Island is properly repaired. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was kind of my 20-minute long tribute to uh, Old Faithful Island. I um, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed talking about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny when you talk about something that you're passionate about, time flies, uh, so, so quickly. So pirates, I think that's going to do it. Um, we've done a really good job of talking about nothing, uh, for this episode. So hopefully next week we get a little more news about what's coming in the future with Sea of Thieves and how much of this I'm right about, uh, just like all those other times I was right that you for sure remember when I was right about them, right? Wink, wink. Anyway, Pirates, um, if you want to get a hold of me, there's plenty of ways to do that. Head over to Twitter. On Twitter, you can reach out to at uh, KeelholdPod. That's the podcast uh, Twitter handle. Or you can reach out to me at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. The website for the show, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's uh, the, the podcast. Uh, I don't know why I put it as my name. Uh, don't ask. Um, otherwise discord great way to get a hold of me a uh, great way to find other pirates to learn about stuff if you become a patron you can uh, join in there uh, patrons at the captain's tier get their own channel they can talk to me directly and i pay a lot more attention to that channel than the food channel or the uh, general games where everyone is uh, sending really weird images and expecting it to be interpreted as as something that makes sense uh, which i guess is a way of saying i don't care about wordle uh, or whatever that game is but uh, I'd love to hear from y'all. Love hearing from you regardless. And uh, with that, Pirates, thank you 
I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. adventure yeah do you like laughing uh, yeah would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember um excellent you're going to love committee quest we play D&D in the world of Amarin. we use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community we also have a sweet synthwave backing track come and join us on our adventure volume one has been completed volume two coming the end of january you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Are you into the cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world, characters and story of cyberpunk available on itunes spotify google play and anywhere else you get your podcasts